You're listening to the Sabrina Phillip Podcast. This episode is a continuation of episode 32, Quantum Leaping 101. For Quantum Leaping 102, we are going even deeper on how to keep quantum leaping after you start seeing results so you can normalize and expand on your success. Keep listening. You're listening to the Sabrina Phillip Podcast. In this show, online business coach and self-made millionaire Sabrina Phillip shows you how to do entrepreneurship your way. She moved to Bali with just $800 in her bank account, and one year later had scaled her business to seven figures. Sabrina has been featured in Forbes, Business Insider, Goldcast, and Cosmopolitan, and is a contributing writer for Entrepreneur. Using her signature intentional, manageable, profitable framework, Sabrina helps women make millions online. Currently living in Scotland with her two doodles, Bonnie and Clyde, tune in each week as she reveals the best tips, tricks, and strategies for creating the intentional life and business of your dreams. Here's your host, Sabrina Phillip. Welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode, we are having a continuation of an earlier episode, which was Quantum Leaping 101. Definitely go check that one out. But today we are talking about Quantum Leaping 102. So what happens when you had the quantum leap and you got the big results? And now you're panicking and freaking out and you don't know what to do next. That's what we're going to go into in today's episode. So first of all, when we're talking about a quantum leap, what is that? Again, definitely check out the previous episode. But a quantum leap is essentially a big change or adjustment in your life, your circumstances, your results, your experiences. So as an example, let's say previously you were really steady at 10K cash months in your business and you had a big quantum leap and now you are at a 30K cash month. That is a huge collapse in time. That is a huge jump between where you were and where you are now. And in the first episode, we talked about how to have that quantum leap. So really not identifying with stuckness, really seeing yourself being at that next level, really taking action to collapse time and space to be able to make that big change possible. What I want us to go into in today's episode is what happens after the quantum leap. And the reason why I want to talk about this is it was actually inspired by a conversation we had inside of my Wealthy Woman Accelerator program, which that is my container for really anyone who's trying to grow their business, but specifically those who are trying to get their business to the six-figure, low six-figure mark. And it's really about finding a way to blend the sacredness of mindset work and belief and faith in yourself and also the strategy of running a really successful business. So inside of that container, I had a question on one of my group coaching calls, which is I had a client first ask a question about, you know, oh, I had this big 10K cash month and then the month after it didn't happen, what do I do? And then another question came up from another client, a follow-up to that saying, why do we do this to ourselves? Because she related to that. She had had the 10K cash month goal and then she couldn't hit it again. And so she's asking, why is this a thing? Why is it that we have these big milestone goals that we wanted so badly and then we can't hold on to it? And so that prompted a really lovely conversation, which we're going to expand on in today's episode. So the first thing that I want to talk about, which is really the core of what I shared with my clients in that moment, is that when you hit a big milestone goal, that could be a $10,000 month in your business, that could be a $100,000 month in your business, that could be a sold out launch, it could be selling your new package at your higher rate, whatever that might be. When you hit that next level, what often happens is rather than saying, oh my gosh, I did it, 
we find a way to turn it into a fluke. So we don't give ourselves credit for doing the work. We don't acknowledge the quantum leap. We don't celebrate the win. We instead find a way to minimize it. So maybe it only worked because we had a real go viral, or maybe it only worked because at that time of the year, more people are buying than at other times of the year. Or, you know, maybe it was, oh, well, it was just a bunch of painful. So obviously I can't do it again. So we find a way to turn this into a fluke rather than acknowledging the win and the success that we've had. So you can't do that to yourself. When When you hit the milestone goal, own it, celebrate it, acknowledge it, do not rationalize it away, do not turn it into a fluke. Because when you identify as the person who hits that goal and is at that goal and that is her new normal, you're not going to rationalize your wins away as a fluke. You're going to fully own them. But if you are still identifying with where you were before, then you hitting that goal is not aligning with the way that you see yourself. So rather than changing your identity and stepping into that next level, you're still going to identify with your stuckness and any sort of win or big jump is just going to be washed away. And so that's really what I'm talking about when I say you have to not rationalize the wins away. You cannot see it as a fluke. If you see it as a fluke, if you see yourself as a one hit wonder, then you have not actually embodied your next level. And that is the second point that I want to go in today, which is that it's really key that you normalize this next level of success. I once had a client several years ago, maybe four or five years ago at this point, and she asked me this question about buying nice things. I think she was going to get her first Louis Vuitton bag or something like that, and she was a bit stressed about the purchase, and she asked me, you know, how, how do you not feel guilty when you make this splurge? How do you not feel stressed or how do you not feel overwhelmed when you make this splurge that you're not going to be able to keep it up? And what I told her is it's not a splurge, it's a lifestyle. So for me, when I purchase something new, when I start to buy from a brand that I really like, that could be jeans, it could be underwear, it could be handbags, it could be whatever it is, that for me is not a once in a lifetime splurge purchase. I sometimes see that on YouTube or social media where someone will buy something really nice and they're like, this is a once in a lifetime bag. I'm never going to have another one of these again. That's why I'm willing to spend so much money on it, blah, 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 blah. It is not a splurge. It's a lifestyle. If you have so much attachment to this item that this is the splurge, first of all, you're going to be panicky about, let's say it's a handbag. You're not going to want to actually use it because you're going to treat it like with baby fingers. You don't want it to get scratched. You don't want it to get dirty. That bag is going to be more stressed than it's actually worth, right? So if you have, maybe when you were younger, there was a really nice pair of jeans from Abercrombie that you wanted, but they were really expensive. So you could only have one. Maybe they were absolutely, yes, your favorite pair of jeans and you took great care of them, but wouldn't it just feel nicer to not have so much stress attached to that one pair of jeans and just those are just the jeans that you wear and it's not something that you have to overthink or stress or calculate, do I have enough money for this? It's just, these are the jeans that I wear. And so for me, that's really what I wanted to iterate to that client and reinforce for them is that it is not a splurge, it's a lifestyle. Now, does that mean go light your credit card on fire? No. But let's say as an example, you decide that you are going to start buying yourself flowers once a week. They don't need to be the most expensive flowers ever. But what is a consistent purchase that you can make that does not break the bank but still feels good and you can normalize that act for yourself, right? It's a micro upgrade. This is something I talk about inside of my Abundant AF program. A micro upgrade is a tiny purchase that you make to make your quality of life better. And that is then your new normal. So as an example, let's say you have a bunch of mismatched coffee mugs in your cupboard. 
a micro upgrade could be getting a set of coffee mugs that matches. And then that just becomes your new normal. So it's not that you're going to buy the one coffee mug that's beautiful and the rest are mismatched. It's this is my new normal. I have nice coffee mugs and they all match. That could be your micro upgrade or it could be I have a closet full of Chanel bags. Whatever it is, it's not about the cost. It's about normalizing in your brain. This is how things work for me. This is the level of investment that I make. Another way to even think about this within your business is I have it very normalized that I have team support in my business and people are going to help me with writing my sales pages, designing my website, graphic design, sending customer service emails. That is normal for me. It is not a splurge or a one-time idea that I'm going to have a team member inside the customer support inbox. We've had a customer support team for seven years now, six years now. So that is just how it works. And so because that is my new normal and because that is my level of expectation and because I expect to invest in my team in that level, and even in my personal life, there is a certain level that I expect to invest in. I only wear seven for all mankind jeans. Jeans are very personal for girls. This is what fits best on my body, but they're like $200, $250 a pair of jeans. But that is just my new normal. That's just what it has been. I've been wearing those jeans for as long as I can remember. So it doesn't feel weird to me to go buy more. I recently had to go buy more because of my divorce diet. I lost some weight. That's just what the jeans cost. It's not a mental hurdle gymnastics for me every single time. And so because I expect that I'm going to buy at that level, my income needs to be at that level. My output needs to be at that level. My life needs to be at that level. So that's what I mean when I say normalizing your success and really making it something that you are acclimatized to that level of comfort instead of thinking this is a fluke or this is a splurge, but really making it a part of your life. And going even further into that, we're not making it a fluke. We're truly normalizing that level of success. And we are having the standard of this is how I show up. This is how I invest. This is what I expect things to cost. So again, just saying this one more time so you totally get it. If I expect that I have a team that costs me, as an example, let's say $20,000 a month, then I expect that my business needs to generate a certain level of revenue because I normalize and I expect and I know that my team expenses are X amount, right? So it's not, oh, I hope that I can pay the team this month. That's not how it works. So we're really normalizing our success. We're not turning it into a fluke. And even more than that, we are truly embodying that version of ourselves. We are truly stepping into that. In Quantum Leaping 101, we talked about imagining that next level version of yourself and stepping into it and asking yourself what action steps would they take. Once you're there, you have to stay there. You have to totally own that. And then going even further, now that I have this level of success, now that I did get the goal, how do I keep getting the goal? How do I stretch the goal? How do I expand even more into that? And how can I feel fully safe at this level. Now, the kind of interesting paradox of life is that as soon as you get to your next level, as soon as you kind of shed that previous skin, the current skin is too small and it's time to shed again, right? A snake, once it sheds its skin, it will never fit again into that. It just is too small. It's on the ground. It needs to keep moving. And so likewise, once you shed that skin of that previous level, do not try and squeeze your way back into it. You have to keep moving. You have to keep looking forward. And what I think is really beautiful here is if you can get a very clear vision and picture for your life, we get what we believe we can have. If you believe that the most that you can have is you are going to make $60,000 a year and you are going to be working 50 hours a week and you are going to have 11 days vacation, which is what I believe most Americans take on average. I'm not sure what it is in other countries. 
But if that's kind of what you think that you're going to have, then that is what you're going to have because you're going to take actions as if, and that's going to be the default kind of script or story playing in the back of your mind. And you're going to keep working toward that. So once you do hit that new level of success, be very careful not to look back at previous versions of your life. You have to make a very strong vision of now that I'm here, where am I going next? And what do I see for myself? And now that this is my new normal, how am I going to engage with life? How am I going to responsibly manage my finances? How am I going to lead my team? How am I going to continue to expand my community? It's when you start to really build into that next level version of yourself and have a very clear vision for your life, where if you can see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hands. That I think is where the real magic comes when we're talking about quantum leaping 102, which is what do I do after I get the quantum leap? You do not rationalize it away. You make it your new normal and you set a bigger vision and you keep going. And it's that constant stretching and that constant quantum leaping and that constant evolution that is going to give you an amazing life in business. And one thing I've also learned is that in life, there are quantum leaps, but oftentimes they're unconscious. There are moments where everything changes, where you have a whole new life six months from now, and you don't even know how that happened. Maybe that could be because you got married. Maybe it could be because you went off to college or you started a new job or you moved to another city. You know, sometimes these aren't even conscious choices. It's just that we see a fork in the road that we take and then everything is the same. What I want you to do with these mindset exercises and this work is to very consciously choose what is your next step. Instead of being kind of guided by life, you are the one who is in the driver's seat. I can never remember who said it. I don't know if it was Carl Jung or if it was Freud or who, but the quote basically goes, the essence of the quote, since I don't have it exactly, is that as long as you cannot make the unconscious conscious, you will let it drive your life and you will call it fate. So we have these scripts playing in our head of who I am and who I can be and what I can do. And they're very subconscious. These are things that were born into us and bred into us through parents and loved ones and teachers and just life telling us who we are. And that has influenced the way that we engage with other people. It influences our relationships. It influences our choices in the workplace. You know, as an example, we know that women are much less likely to apply for promotions. We know that women are much less likely to apply for a job if they don't match all of the requirements as opposed to a man where if he's got 60% of them, he'll apply for it. Oh, if a woman doesn't have 100%, she won't apply for it. Why is that patriarchy? So all of this is bred into us. And then that kind of drives our life. Obviously, there are other social factors as well. But so much of the unconscious is driving us. And until we can bring that to the surface and look at our patterns and look at our wounding and look at our choices, that is going to drive our life and we will call it fate. What I'm telling you is that you are the master of your fate and that you are the captain of your soul. Again, another quote, I cannot remember who said what. We will Google it. But that's what I want you to do. I want you to really decide who is it that I want to be and step into that and craft that. And when you do that, that is when you will see the big results and the big wins. And I'm cheering you on always. I'll see you in the next episode.